0: This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi everyone, I'm Bev Jones, and this is Just About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. Our guest today is Jackie Gucci, author of Almost Hired, what's really standing between you and the job you want. Jackie is a headhunter and the CEO of her own search firm. And today, she'll share some secrets about how the hiring process really works. She'll offer tips for people who are feeling stuck, confused, or overlooked. She'll explain that job seeking is a skill that you can learn and she'll have good advice for younger professionals who are just starting out in their careers. Jackie, I totally agree with a major premise in your book, Almost Hired, that getting a job isn't always about being the, the best candidate. What job seekers don't seem to understand, and you know, I hear it a lot from my clients, is that searching for a job finding a job requires a skill set but the good news is that um as you say in your book seeking a job is a a learned skill can you give me um some examples of the kinds of things that that you see that people need to know people need to learn is is they're building the skill set Sure. I mean, there are so many things, but I think a major
1: aspect is just getting clear about what your objectives are before you begin searching. So I think people have a tendency to be be a little bit frantic about it where they really need a job and they're ready to go and they just start applying for everything and then they get frustrated that they're not hearing back. And it's like, okay, but if you took a breath and really targeted specific jobs that were a good fit, your success rate would be much better. And then you also wouldn't have that feeling of spinning your wheels. So I think getting clear about what the goals are and then only chasing those kind of opportunities is something that really can help a lot of people. Um, In addition to that, once you decide what you're applying for, it really is all about showing relevance to that hiring manager, because that's really all that
0: they care about. So showing that you're a good fit for that job, not just any job. Well, let me talk a little bit about um, why you know so much and how the system works. I I think that um, your book is particularly useful for people who may be early in their career and they're starting out. And I suspect a lot of them don't understand how search firms work and why mm-hmm. it is that you're able to learn so much. Now I know that when you're working on a search, your client is the company; it's the employer, not the candidate. Correct. But, um, I bet you see candidates all the time that you could you could just help so much um, from all your experience if if you um, if it were your job and you had the time to do that. Do you ever see? Um, candidates who you think would probably be good but you know they're just not going to cut it because they don't know how to go about it. <laughs> it happens a lot. I mean, the good news is if if it's a candidate who's applied for
1: something that we're working on and we believe in the fit, my team and I we really see it, you know, whether the resume conveys it or not, we can help repackage that candidate because it's in our best interest to to match make the right people and companies, right? Because we want to make our clients happy. So if somebody comes along and we say, wow, you know, this is a good fit, but we got to show them how to convey it's a good fit. We do that all the time because then everybody wins. But there are certainly some that I see come along and I just go, oh gosh, I'll never be able to help this person Uh because it's so far off.
0: So it's really a case by case thing. Well, can you give an example of a situation where you just knew this could be a match, but Mm -hmm some tweaking, um, some guidance was
1: required. Yes. So there's a great example. We just helped this person last year and she did get placed. It was for a construction, a role with a construction firm. And she was working for a competitor of our client. So that was my first clue. I thought, wow, she's, you know, right in the same arena with a competitor. She's probably got some really relevant background, but if you looked at her resume, it was so poorly formatted it was confusing. There was a lot of detail missing. I mean, she had good background that just, I mean, there were like two or three bullet points for each job. So I knew she was missing stuff. And when we screened her on the phone, it was like, oh my God, she's really impressive. So we had to do an overhaul on her resume, get it reflective of who she actually was as a person and as a Mm -hmm. candidate. And once we did that and sent it to the client, I mean, immediately they wanted to interview her, but without our help, if she had sent draft one, directly to that client it would have gone
0: nowhere so sometimes people need to do more work in writing about themselves or envisioning themselves and um but sometimes uh you you mentioned in your book the work has to start with the research they do about the job that Mm -hmm. sometimes the problem is people are looking in the wrong place is that right
1: I think so. Yeah, and it's also important. I mean, assuming you get called to interview, employers want to hire people who want their specific opportunity, not just any opportunity. It's kind of like it's kind of like getting married. It's like uh-huh. you want to know that the person that is accepting your proposal really wants to be with you, not just the first person that came along with a ring, right? Yes, that's great. So it's the same thing. It's like, you know, they have to do their homework and really know going in what questions to ask and why it's a good fit for them because that's going to be so attractive to the employer
0: so where do they do their homework i know uh linkedin and there are a lot of sites out there but if you're working with somebody who's just kind of getting started in this mm-hmm. uh the world of work how, what would you point them toward yeah,
1: so it's a little bit of a double-edged thing. I mean, obviously, you can find a lot of information online. I would go to straight to the source to a company's website, get a feel for how they present themselves, what their vibe is all about, number one. And then, I mean, if you know anyone in your network who has worked there or knows people who work there, you know, that can be a great resource, too, because somebody like that would know from the inside what the real story is. I always tell people be very careful about online reviews cuz I know especially with the younger crowd they love to look at Glassdoor and all those kind of resources and there may be some good information there but you also have to remember there's a lot posted from disgruntled ex-employees yes. that maybe were never a good fit to begin with so you have to take that with a big grain of salt and then you know go in and make your own
0: judgment when you go to interview. Well, one of the things um that does seem to be important is is looking for people um, mm-hmm. looking for people you have some connection with are, are, do you find that um uh maybe making an introduction on LinkedIn or finding a way to connect because you're you're alumni of the same school or something mm-hmm. like that can be a great way to kind of get into the picture better
1: Yes, I definitely think so. It's really interesting to me, too, because I feel like the 20-something crowd is always so reticent to utilize their network, and it's like, it's there for a reason. (laughs) You know, take advantage of it. I don't know. Or people think they don't have a network, and they really do. I mean, we all do. So, yeah, looking for those interpersonal connections, I mean, you're going to get really far if you're able to, you know, go about it that
0: way. So I think that's always a good strategy for sure. When you're searching for candidates, mm-hmm. you say you have um, somebody who's looking for maybe a couple of people fairly early in their career. Mm-hmm. These are people who may not be in, employed in the kind of job that you're, you're focusing on. How, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you find them? How do you um, want people to make themselves searchable so the great candidates become accessible to you?
1: Mm, that's a good question. I mean, when they're that young, oftentimes they don't have a ton of experience. So it, it's it's hard to answer that because every set of requirements is so different yeah. from client to client. So, you know, for example, we work with one uh, company that hires a lot of young people right out of college, but they it's a sales position. So they want, people that have done sports in college because they think, you know, sports players tend to be competitive and a little more aggressive and extroverted. And that's just their take on it. So for that client, that's the profile that we look for. So it's really just it's really so much about fit. And oftentimes as a candidate, you're not going to know exactly what the employer has in their mind (laughs) as that like profile of the ideal person. So I think all you can really do is just put yourself out there and you know, be honest about who you are and what you've done, and hopefully the right thing will come.
0: Well, one thing you can do, I guess, is make different versions of your resume. Uh, so For it's sure. targeted. That's one of the things you mentioned in the book, that you don't just have a, a standard form, that you you create a resume that somehow seems to resonate with the employer or the position. Is that right? That's huge. And people don't like to hear that because it's a lot of work. Yes. <laughs>
1: but if they are serious about getting hired, that is the best thing that they can do. Now, that's assuming, you know, they've seen a job description and they know exactly what they're applying for. It's it's worth their time to just comb through and read that resume from what you believe the point of view of that hiring manager would be. So if they say something in the job description about a specific software program or anything, anything, and you're reading it and saying, oh, okay, that relates to me, you have to make sure it's on your resume. (laughs) It's amazing how many times I see people just leave information off that's really relevant, and just a couple of those details can make the difference between either getting your resume tossed in the trash or getting a call to interview.
0: And sometimes you might try um, different approaches with – not only different situations, but the same situation, just to see if you can get it better, I guess. Mm -hmm. You just mentioned uh, that you have one client that looks for people who are athletes. Well, that's a set of criteria I wouldn't know about. What other kind of criteria are people, do you see that employers are looking for, particularly some that might be surprising? there are so many and none of them are consistent
1: if you can believe it the things that i hear and i have to be careful cuz i don't want to you know disclose any of their preferences but it's it's unbelievable i mean things like location can be a deal breaker the first thing that they will look at is where somebody lives and then they'll say well that's an hour commute so that'll never last long term <laughs> and then they move on even if somebody has a great background that will happen sometimes Um, I've heard CEOs say to me that they want more diversity on a leadership team. So they will only consider people of certain ethnic backgrounds, um, certain genders. I mean, all the things that you're not supposed to discriminate Mm -hmm. over, it does happen. And, but I mean, it's, it's totally inconsistent. It's like what one company wants, the other wants something different. So again, you're just never going to know sometimes going in and either you fit the profile or you
0: don't, but sometimes you really can't control that. It feels like one thing that a lot of employers are looking at, even for non-technical jobs, is some signal that candidates are comfortable with technology, whatever the technology might be for the field. Do you see that?
1: I do, especially in certain industries. Like we do a lot in hospitality, for example, and there are certain softwares that it's, they just have these hard requirements that if a candidate has never worked with that platform before, they won't even look at their resume. So that's for sure. Yeah, I think they look at it like there's a pretty steep learning curve oftentimes. So they would rather not train for that if
0: they can avoid it. So are there good ways for younger professionals to start early, to, to get some of those skill sets? Do you see that, that some people do a terrific job while they're still in college and others um, don't do so well? I think
1: the people who wind up doing the best are the ones who get clear about some kind of a trajectory as early on as possible. And again, I know people hate to hear that because it's really scary and they don't want to think they, oh my gosh, I have to have it all figured out by the time I'm 22. And it's not that. But I do think employers like to see a clear track. So if you can figure it out sooner, you're going to be much more employable at 30 years old than if you changed directions four times in your 20s. So I think some of that self-reflective work and really, you know, pursuing coaching, if that's going to be something that helps you, just finding something that you can sink your teeth into as early as possible
0: will help somebody's career for sure. Well, let me tell you something that I've noticed and see if you agree with it, sort of related to that point, Mm -hmm. that it's okay to change your mind. But what you were just talking about, somebody's capable of seeing a goal and working toward it and picking up Mm -hmm. the skills. If you can demonstrate that, even if you want to change directions, it's Mm -hmm. that going after a goal and showing that you can deliver on it seems to really matter.
1: I totally agree. I mean, that's obviously a great um, skill and something that employers love to see. I also think... My advice would be like if someone's changed jobs a couple of times in their 20s, it's not the end of the world as long as they are intentional about it. Because if you're 30 years old and you're sitting in an interview and they say to you, well, why did you hop three times in your 20s? If you have a very clear reason and you can show that you thought it out before you went and did it, they they can swallow that pill a lot more easily than if you're just like haphazard. Well, I thought it would be fun to go try this. Um, So
0: being intentional is huge. Being intentional and then showing you have the ability to act on your intentions.
1: Yes, and to absorb. I mean, if something is a bad experience, okay, I learned from this. This is why I'm going in a new direction now. Just being thoughtful is big.
0: We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University is having an impact today while providing innovative education for tomorrow's leaders. The Master's Program in Public Administration and Environmental Studies leads students to greatness in nonprofit, environmental, public sector, and government settings. Learn to lead at the Voinovich School. We're now accepting applications. Information is available at Edu, backslash Voinovich School. Okay, so let's say we have um, a candidate. Uh, maybe this is the first time they're really looking for a job because they got a job right out of college and they did quite well. Yeah. Um, and they... Um, have um, attracted an employer, and and now they have an interview, mm-hmm. and they're just really um, have never done a real interview before since college. How how can they prepare for that?
1: Well, I know um, it's easier said than done, but trying to control the nerves will help. You know, you have to go in with the mentality that you're there to learn about them, too. So it's not, oh, my gosh, they're grilling me and this is really intimidating. It should be you're going in with the mentality that it's a back and forth conversation. You're learning about each other. So hopefully that will help. Um, I think, again, the research ahead of time is so major because if, if somebody can go in and ask really thoughtful questions explain to the hiring manager why they feel that that role at that company is such a good fit, it's going to make them super attractive as as a new employee. So again, it's like they want people who want to be there, not just anywhere. So doing the homework before and really selling it when you go in is, is, is a big deal.
0: So being really interested, listening carefully and, and yes. showing you've given some thought is Um, that's a, that's a good thing. You don't have to worry about seeming too excited, right? No. And I mean, it's a fine line. You never want to be desperate,
1: but, um, you know, I think most people, if anything, they wind up inadvertently like playing a little too coy or too cool. And that does not go over well. I think employers would rather see the enthusiasm than just acting indifferent. Indifference will kill a a candidacy immediately if they get the sense you don't
0: really want it. And nobody likes to um, talk with somebody if the listener is indifferent. I mean, people like to be heard and they like the, the recognition that comes with true interest. So really being interested is part of the game, isn't it? Yes, it is. And think about it from the
1: hiring manager's perspective. I talk about this a lot in my book. You know, they their goal is not just to hire a good person. Their goal is to hire a good person who's going to stay long term. So if the candidate is able to convey, I want a home at your company and for X, Y and Z reasons, and this is a great fit. That's like music to the ears of a hiring manager, because you've helped them see why, you know, you're going to be there long term and these poor people aren't going to be back at the search again Yeah
0: on the road. That's big. Yeah. And I think it's more the case now than it was a few years ago because people are shifting and um, it's, it's a seeker's market a little more than it was before, isn't it?
1: Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, with unemployment the way that it is right now, that's for sure. I mean, I do see some employers... Loosening their requirements a little bit you know within reason, but they still can't afford to make bad decisions so while they may forgive a little bit more than they might have several years ago it's it's still got to be a decent fit
0: well even though it's it's quite a booming uh, market for people who are looking for a job i I still advise thinking long-term and mm-hmm. using every kind of interaction you're having in the career market as a way to, to build for the future. Mm-hmm. Every opportunity you have to meet with somebody is an opportunity to build your network. But let me ask if you've been seeing this. One of the things I've been hearing about is that um, uh, younger professionals are are ghosting their recruiters. They're uh, ghosting even their employers. Are you seeing yeah. that?
1: Oh, my gosh. I just did several radio interviews about this. It's such a thing now. Everybody is experiencing it. It's crazy. And I attribute that a little bit more to technology. And I just think you've got a lot of people now who are so used to doing everything on their smartphones. Communication is just not the same as it was years ago. So, you know, we block somebody on an app as opposed to having a real conversation in so many aspects of our lives. I think, unfortunately, it's just bled over
0: into the professional world too. And it's really unfortunate. It is. I, communications is a huge thing to to manage. It's one of the things I guess you have to, to learn when you're job seeking. Have you noticed that um, another thing that um, happens is that, young um, candidates sometimes miss opportunities because they don't even look at their email.
1: Oh my gosh, I know. (laughs) That kind of (laughs) kills me. Yeah, Yeah, you know, it's funny, even from my perspective and my team, as we recruit candidates, we actively try to headhunt some of these people. And it's amazing how many just don't respond to a phone call, but they'll respond to a text message. And it's, I mean, we've resorted to just texting people now sometimes because they don't respond to anything else. So uh, again, it's a little bit just the nature of the world that we live in, but I can't believe people are missing out on opportunities because they don't look at email or don't check their voicemail. (laughs) I
0: I think, um, again, kind of from listening um, to some of my clients, I think uh, some people are intentionally using email. Instead of texting, because they want to know that they're going to be able to pursue this person if they need them down the road when they're employed. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I talk about this all the time. It's so funny. It's
1: like people talk about how difficult it is to get hired, but it's really not that difficult. Like if you do the simple stuff well, you are so far ahead of the curve. I mean, really, you can be less qualified than other applicants, but if you are prompt to communicate, you show relevance, you show enthusiasm, you're going to get chosen. It's really not, in that sense,
0: it's not that complicated. It's really not. Well, let's say you've done everything right. Um, Mm -hmm. You've communicated well. You did well at the uh, interviews, and now you get an offer. Mm. And your best friend told you, you always have to negotiate. (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. Do you see that happening?
1: Oh yes. It's so funny. I just dealt with this yesterday with a candidate of ours. So I'll tell a quick story because people will relate to this. She is about 25 years old. I would say, um, we recruited her for a position. This will be her second job now out of college. They're offering her $20,000 more than what she was making at her previous job, which is a massive jump, especially at her age. She's thrilled about the company. Like, everything is perfect. (laughs) And we sent her the offer, and then it was like crickets. And we're thinking, why is she not jumping up and down? And then she called us back and said, well, I read online somewhere that it's just not a good idea to accept right away. So I'm going to wait a day or two, but I'm really excited about it.
0: (laughs) I have seen that too, and Uh, it drives me crazy. Yes. It's like, why would you do
1: that? I mean, if you know you're accepting, again, think of it from the employer's perspective. Their best case scenario is everybody's warm and fuzzy when you're coming in the door. Like they want to
0: know that you're fired up and that you're excited. Why play hard to get? It's just bizarre. I saw a situation like that not long ago, and the client, my coaching client was the leader of a pretty good size organization and they uh, spotted a young woman through their network and they really went after her Mm -hmm. and um, they had pretty good information about what she was doing and how much money she was making so they did everything they could they went beyond their organizational parameters to create a fabulous offer because they really wanted her and, um they they made the offer and um she was she delayed a couple of days and then came back with a whole lot of conditions and a request for more uh, and, yeah. and um they they said no and yeah. what the the my client said to me is uh I we think she was just negotiating but if she doesn't want to be part of us. As much as we want to invite her in, we don't want her. So they said, sorry, that's it. And after a few days, she said, well, you know, I didn't really mean it. I really want the job. And they said, no, I'm sorry. We got on to somebody else. So so there is a lot of bad advice out there uh, about going through the form of negotiating when you have no reason to negotiate. 100%. I cannot emphasize that enough. Yes. I mean, I think it's all about
1: sincerity, right? Like, If you've gotten to the end and you feel like they have really lowballed you on salary when they know what your requirement was, that's different. But I think most of the time it's like if everybody's just been up front with each other throughout the process, you have to just make the call at the end. Is this right for me or isn't
0: it? And I don't know, just don't play games. It just never goes over well. It never helps. That's really good advice. Don't play games. Yeah. Well, can I ask for some if you have any parting advice? What about job seekers who are who are just stuck? Maybe they've sent out a hundred resumes and nobody responded and they're depressed and they, they just don't know what to do next. How how do you how do you get started again if you're stuck? They should start by reading my book. <laughs> okay. All right.
1: So <laughs> that that right there
0: is literally
1: why I wrote this book, because so many people can relate to what you just said. But in addition to that, I would say, you know, taking action steps is really what's required. It's like when people say the definition of insanity is when you do the same thing over and over and you don't see a different result. It's, I see a lot of job seekers stuck in that where it's like if you're not getting the traction that you think you deserve you need to change something up something exactly so it's just about again you know read the book it'll help and then take action because otherwise you're not going to see a difference
0: yes I, I think doing something particularly something new or learning something new is always better than doing nothing and let me repeat the whole title of the book it's almost hired what what's really standing between you and the job you want you got it Well, thank you, Jackie, for joining me today. And and thank you for uh, sharing all your insights with folks who are um, plunging into this sometimes bewildering job market out there.
1: (laughs) I empathize. I know it can be tough. But um, yeah, thank you for having me. This was a great interview.
0: Today, we've been talking with search expert and author Jackie Ducci about how landing a great job is a skill, a skill that you can learn Today's career tip is that searching for a wonderful job is all about creating a process. And part of the process is learning from each step, even the ones that feel like missteps. If you've enjoyed our show, please tell your friends and would love it if you could give us a five-star rating. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Beverly Jones author of think like an entrepreneur act like a CEO